Ramayana, Episode 2, Balakanda, Canto of Youth. In last week's episode, we saw how Maharishi Valmiki composed Ramayana, the story of Rama. A quick aside, Rishi and sage mean the same thing, ascetic wise men, saints, who've renounced worldly desires, acquired wisdom and are enlightened with knowledge of Brahma, the absolute truth. I'll use these words interchangeably. Maharishi, Rajarishi, Brahmarishi are levels in the Rishidam based on the accomplishments and experience of these sages. For our purposes, we can ignore the subtle differences and consider all as enlightened wise purushas or people. Prince Rama belonged to the Suryavamsha or solar dynasty. Suryavamsha royalty traced their origins to Surya, sun god, who is the son of Sage Kashyapa and mother Aditi. Sage Kashyapa is also the progenitor of Chandra or the moon dynasty. Ishvaku, grandson of Sage Kashyapa, son of illustrious Manu, was a legendary king that founded the solar dynasty with Kosala as the kingdom and Ayodhya as the capital on the banks of river Sarayu. Hence, this dynasty is also called Ishvaku dynasty. Ayodhya, the capital city, which is still called by the same name, literally means invincible in battle. It was a heavily fortified city. Ishvaku implemented Manusmriti, composed by his father Manu, that prescribed codified ways of living, yama and niyamas of the times. Harichandra, Bhagiratha, Dalipa, Rahu are other legendary emperors of this dynasty and each of these kings are extolled in the Puranas or ancient stories. King Raghu completed hundred yajnas or sacrifices and gave away all his wealth. Hence the kings that came after him also take pride in being his descendants. Raghuvamshis, belonging to Raghu's lineage. These kings of the Raghuvamsha dynasty were fierce, generous, honest, respectful of traditions and elders, Dasharatha was born in this dynasty to the king Ajahn Indumati. His parents died when he was eight months old. The legend is that his mother was a celestial lady and cursed to live a mortal life. When she got reprieve from the curse, she left this world and the heartbroken king Aja died soon after. After Dasharatha was orphaned as an infant, Kosala's chief minister Sumantra ruled in Dasharatha's name with advice and assistance from the royal gurus, Sage Vasishta, Asapta Rishi, and Rishi Vamadeva. When he came of age, Dasharatha became king. King Dasharatha of Ayodhya was a worthy descendant of the illustrious Raghuvamsha kings and earned his reputation as their equal with his valor, honesty, and adherence to his duty. He was a strong king. He was well respected by his citizens and by other kings, allies and enemies. Dasharatha, the name is a praise of his ability to move rapidly in his chariot in ten directions. He was a fierce warrior and the lore is that he was so good that he was sought by the devas to fight for the devas against Ashuras. Dasharatha surrounded himself with wise strong advisors who helped his administer his kingdom, maintain peace and justice and support his citizens' needs. 
Sumantra, his father's chief minister, and the caretaker of the kingdom when Dasharatha was orphaned and too young to rule, continued assisting Dasharatha as his chief minister too. Dasharatha consulted sage Vasishta and sage Vamadeva to ensure he followed the codes of conduct, upheld law and justice, and maintained order. He performed rituals and sacrifice, sacrifices according to Shastras or scriptures. Dasharatha in due time married Kausalya, princess of Dakshin Kosala. They had a daughter Shanta who was adopted by King Romapada of Anga kingdom as a goodwill gesture to strengthen their alliance. Dasharatha also married Sumitra, princess of Kashi and Kaikeyi, princess of Kekaya to strengthen the alliances between the kingdoms and to beget an heir to his throne and dynasty. Dasharatha unfailingly performed all that was required of him as a king, husband, and man. Still, many years passed with no children, no sons in this royal family. Dasharatha was growing older and getting more desperate to bring an heir to his throne, a son to continue the remarkable lineage. In his despair, growing old without an heir, he consulted Sumantra and the sages to seek remedies. O wise seers, what sin have I done in this life or past that I haven't been blessed with a son to continue this Ishwaku lineage? How will I face my ancestors without an offspring to continue the rituals owed to them? How do I atone for my sins so I am blessed with an heir? These elders suggested that he do the Ashwamedha Yajna and the Putram Kameshti Yajna, sacrificial rituals to please the gods and be blessed with the sun. The sacrifice here would refer to charity to people, donations of land, cattle, grains and wealth to people. These were extraordinary rituals that involved building extensive sacred grounds and pavilions for the ritual fires chanting mantras, maintaining sanctity of the grounds through the many days of the rituals, inviting kings and the good people, sages and saints. Since these yajnas were uncommon, it could be expected that thousands of people would flock to these to witness the rituals as well as benefit from the royal generosity. All the visitors would need to be safely housed, fed and cared for. Temporary housing, shelter, eating halls, resting lounges, bathhouses, reservoirs, roads, water tanks would need to be constructed, befitting everyone from kings, traders, armies, visitors and paupers. Just like it sounds, it involved building a new mini-city. Vasishta also informed that the effectiveness of these rituals and sacrifices were dependent on the piety of the perform person leading these rituals and the saintliness of the people chanting the mantras. Saint Yosishta suggested that Dasharatha request the services of his son-in-law, Rishyashringa, a pure and perfect soul, to perform the yajna rituals. Dasharatha went to Anga kingdom and invited the new groom, husband of Princess Shanta, and his son-in-law, Rishishringa, to conduct the yajna ritual so that he, Dasharatha, would be blessed with the sun to carry on the ancient solar dynasty. Rishishringa kindly accepted the invitation to conduct the rituals for Dasharatha to be blessed with the sun.
Ashwamedha Yajna involves sending a horse, Ashwa, with specific qualities in temperament and appearance, white horse with black spots. The horse is accompanied by an army of skilled warriors from noble houses. The lands, the horse travels, either give safe passage to the horse, that is, is already under the rule of the king performing the yajna, or pledges allegiance and recognizes the king as emperor, or agrees with the king, king's intentions to perform the yajna. Otherwise, anybody could seize the horse and challenge the qualifications of the king proclaiming imperial sovereignty. Seizing the horse meant fighting the accompanying army of skilled warriors. In most cases, when a king performed this ritual, all the neighboring kingdoms received notice. The king also had a fair level of confidence that he was powerful, he knew his army's might, and was surrounded by kingdoms that would pledge allegiance to him as emperor. After the horse returns, typically around a year's time, the horse is celebrated and the final rituals with the sacrificial fire, Ashwamedha Yajna, is performed. The king is proclaimed emperor and during the rituals makes his wish to the gods to come true. The arrangements for these rituals were kicked off after receiving the blessings of Sage Rishyasringa, Sage Vasishta and Sage Vamadeva. Messengers carried invitations to neighboring kingdoms to inform the kings of Dasharatha's wish to perform Ashwamedha Yajna and Putrakameshti Yajna to be blessed with an heir to his lineage and throne. Kings, nobles and common people across many kingdoms were invited to be present during the rituals and be blessed by the gods. The news spread via local barkers, lambatas and notices across the land. Dasharatha's horse left the kingdom with an army of Ayodhya's strong warriors. When the horse returned after a year, the final yajna rituals to pray for an heir started. Rishyashringa conducted the yajnas with great focus and sanctity. The purity, innocence of the self-realized sage Rishyashringa, the virtues and generosity of King Dasharatha and his queens, the piety of the holy people gathered to chant the mandras and perform the rituals were unparalleled. These efforts guaranteed the gods would be pleased and blessed this perfect and magnificent fulfillment of the Ashwamedha Yajna and the Putrakameshti Yajna rituals. After a few days and nights of rituals, sacred fires, prayers and chanting, the gods were pleased. A celestial form appeared in the fire carrying a huge pot of payasa or rice pudding. This beautiful form instructed Dasharatha to give this offering to his queens to beget children they dearly desired. Sage Rishyashringa accepted it for Dasharatha and the pot of payasa shrunk to normal size. A very happy king Dasharatha rushed to his wives with the pot of desert. Queen Kausalya drank half the pot. Queen Sumitra drank half of the remain remainder. The young Queen Kaikeyi drank half of what remained and passed it back to Sumitra who drank the rest. Eventually the queens became pregnant with children. The kingdom rejoiced. Balakanda, 
The name of this episode translates to Canto of the Child. And all we've done is talk about ancient dynasty, forgotten rituals, old saints and rishis. Good things await those that wait. Better things come to the patient. Good times are here. The three queens had healthy pregnancies and gave birth to four healthy boys. Queen Kausalya, princess of Koshala, brought into the world Rama. His birth was accompanied by good omens. Queen Sumitra, princess of Kashi, became the mother of twins Lakshmana and Shatrugna. Queen Kaikeyi, princess of Kekaya in present-day Afghanistan, gave birth to Bharata. It is believed all the children were incarnations of Narayana and his divine symbols. Rama was an avatar of Lord Vishnu. Lakshmana was an incarnation of Adisesha, the divine serpent. Bharata was a manifestation of the divine disk, Sudarshana Chakra, and Shatrugna, a manifestation of the divine conch, Panchachanya Shankar. Kushala, the kingdom celebrated with many days of festivities. All through the time, the boys were babies, toddlers, and growing up to be good, strong youth. They were beloved by everyone that saw them. They were kind, fearless, obedient, and respectful. The boys formed close bonds, learned the scriptures, military and administrative skills, and and texts from the scriptures under the tutelage of sage Vasishta and Vamadeva. Rama excelled in all that he did. Rama was considered to be an ace archer who never missed his target. Rama was calm, kind, and well-respected and followed the wishes of his elders as though these were commands. His brothers closely followed in his footsteps. Ayodhya rejoiced in harmony. The kings, the king, queens, courtiers, and citizens felt especially blessed to have noble Rama and his brothers protect the kingdom and its good people. Rama is worshipped this day as Raja Ram, Sita Ram, Siya Ram, Sri Ram, an avatar or incarnation of God Vishnu. Ram Ram is still a great theme like Namaste used in North India. Ram avatar incarnation as Rama is sacred as one of the ten avatars, Dashavatar of Vishnu. While there in the next episode, we will dig into the background stories, the Saptarishis, interesting backstories from the Puranas about the history of the land, how it was populated, and brief stories about some of the characters. All these stories were passed on orally for many thousands of years and have gone through many retelling, and hence the versions may be subtly different. Until next time, wishing you the very best. Ram Ram.